Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast for the Wilmington, Ohio Church of Christ. We pray that this message will inspire you and help you grow closer to God in your faith. Be sure to stick around after the message to find out more about how you can take your next best step. Enjoy the message. What if I told all of you that you are partially blind? That right now you think you see the world as it truly is, but in actuality, you're missing something. It's true. Every time we open our eyes, light shines on our retina. Nerve cells called photoreceptors interpret the light and transmit the trans the interpretation to our brains, and that is how we see. But there's a small area on our retina where there are no photoreceptors. This is called a scotoma, or blind spot, defined as in the visual field in which vision is absent or deficient. Take a second or two to examine the image on the screen. We all have one. So if it's true, how is it we never notice a black area in our field of vision? The reason you never notice your blind spot is because your brain is great at guessing what should be there, automatically filling in the blank. Sometimes we know what we want to see, and our neocortex, that is a part of the cerebral cortex concerned with sight and hearing, turns that expectation into a kind of virtual reality, which means that some of the world we see is really just an illusion. It's a scary thought when you consider how vulnerable that makes us. So how do we uncover our blind spots? How do we ever fully see the truth that is right in front of our eyes? A good place to start is simply open your mind. Because as the French philosopher Henri Bergson once said, the eye sees only what the mind is prepared to comprehend. Take a look at this image on the screen. What do you see? Some of you might see a duck when looking at this famous, ambiguous image, while the remainder of you might see a rabbit. Perceiving one animal partially blocks out the recognition of the other animal, and mental effort is required to switch one's viewpoint. Once you can see both images, mentally try switching back and forth. I find it difficult to do. I also find it amazing that while my eye sees that same image, my mind can switch back and forth between a duck and a rabbit. It's your mind, not your eye, that decides. The remainder of this message will present several different scriptures to prepare your mind to see God's mysterious wisdom 
And how that wisdom is removed is removing your blind spot. Please listen closely to the scriptures and let them speak to your mind and to your heart. First, let's refresh your memory on the key points that Jacob Blaus made last week in his excellent message. The Jews interpreted the Old Testament writings to predict the coming of an earthly king, one that will redeem Israel as a nation. Because the disciples of Jesus were all Jews who were schooled in the same writings of Moses, their minds were expecting an earthly king. Consequently, when Jesus appeared to them in bodily form after his death, their minds at first were not ready to comprehend that he had actually arisen from the grave. Even though he told them before his death that he would overcome death and be restored to life again. Instead, their blind spot kept them from seeing Jesus for who he really was, the risen Savior and Lord in bodily form right in front of their eyes. The two disciples on the road to Emmaus had the same blind spot in not recognizing the risen Jesus. 1 Corinthians 2.7 says, We declare God's wisdom a mystery that has been hidden. So Jesus begins the process of opening their minds to the truth. Luke 24.36-44 says, While they were still talking with about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. What I find curious is that Jesus was standing right in front of the disciples' eyes, but they still did not believe it. The two on the road to Emmaus were not yet ready to see the resurrected Jesus during their seven-mile walk with him. The apostles were not ready to see the resurrected Jesus, even after the women told them. They dismissed the eyewitness of the women because their minds seem to them like nonsense. Their words seem to them like nonsense. None of these disciples nor the apostles could fully see the truth that was right in front of their eyes until something occurred to remove the blind spot. Jesus opened their minds. In Luke 24, 45 through 53, then he opened their minds. Then he opened their minds 
so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all the nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. Notice that Jesus removed their blind spot by opening their minds so they could understand the scriptures. Their short-sighted training all their lives blinded them from seeing the truth about the coming Messiah. Jesus now reveals this mystery. Listen closely to what Colossians 1, 15 through 20 has to say. Christ is as God is. God cannot be seen. Christ lived before anything was made. Christ made everything in the heavens and on earth. He made everything that is seen and things that are not seen. He made all the powers of heaven. Everything was made by him and for him. Christ was before all things. All things are held together by him. Christ is the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning of all things. He is the first to be raised from the dead. He is to have first place in everything. God the Father was pleased to have everything made perfect by Christ, his Son. Everything in heaven and on earth can come to God because of Christ's death on the cross. Christ's blood has made peace. Today we tend not to see these words as a mystery, since most of us have been taught from little up that Jesus is the Savior of the world. But to the Jews in Jesus' day, and to the Jews from Abraham on through the Old Testament, and to the modern-day Jews, they are all blinded to what God was teaching them. None of the rulers of this age understood it. Listen closely to what the scriptures have to say and learn how God lifts the veil over our eyes to see the truth of his word. And this is found in 1 Corinthians 2, 6 through 14. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom a mystery 
that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who love him, these are the things that God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit teaches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows the person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. God works through the Holy Spirit to remove, to remove the veil that is hiding us from seeing the truth. The truth that Jesus Christ is the first to be raised from the dead. That Jesus Christ is to have first place in everything. All the scriptures reveal this mystery. Every book of the Bible points to Jesus Christ. Take a look at the lengthy list of Old Testament writings that reference the coming Messiah, Jesus the Christ. This list includes reference to Jesus as the seed of Abraham, the Passover lamb, the high priest, the star of Jacob, the promised Messiah, the messenger of Jehovah, the Lord of hosts, the seed of David, the prince of peace, the shepherd king, the sacrificial lamb, the redeemer, the son of God, the sacrificial son, the Lord's anointed Messiah, and many more references. The disciples' eyes were so focused on an earthly king that they were not ready yet to see that Jesus is everything in heaven and on earth, and that everything in heaven and on earth can come to God because of Christ's death on the cross. Do you think there's significance in Jesus eating with his followers? The two on the road to Emmaus did not have the blind spot removed from their eyes until Jesus' prayer for food at their dinner table. The apostles' blind spot was not lifted until 
Jesus took a bite of broiled fish. Interesting, isn't it? Eating a meal with Jesus ushers in the Holy Spirit to open our hearts, to comprehend his love for us and salvation through his blood. Partake with me the fruit of the vine that represents drinking the sweet taste of his blood and eat the unleavened bread that represents feasting on his word. Take both emblems with the desire of taking his love into your heart. Let's go to God in prayer. Dear Father in heaven, it's just a privilege to be with your people on the Lord's day. And I thank you for each person that's present in this auditorium, each person that's online listening to your holy scriptures. Dear Father, open all of our hearts, our minds, that we may see Jesus. And as we partake of the loaf, help us to recognize that we are sitting down and having a feast with Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, our friend. And as we partake of the cup, help us to remember that the sweetness of the vine comes from you by shedding your blood on the cross. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. We hope you have enjoyed this message. If you need someone to pray with you, talk to, or maybe you just want more information about our church, be sure to fill out a Connect card so we can reach out and help you take your next best step. Thanks again for joining, and we will see you back here next time. Thank you.